Hey everyone, it's Dr. Tim and Hillary for another session of Dr. Tim's Aquatics Podcast. How you doing this morning, Hillary? I'm doing good. A little tired, but nothing coffee can't take care of. That's right, in a swim. <laughs> in a fish tank. In a fish tank, exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this morning we are going to talk about the filtration media that we introduced um, earlier this year. I'm so excited to talk about this one because I feel like the media that we have is not something that a lot of people know about, but they even know it exists. I've been talking about it on our social media for the month of May and in June, but uh, I'm glad that we're able to do a podcast and talk about it because we've got a huge line of products. Yes, we do. We, we introduce those quietly, uh, maybe too quietly, and uh, but they're they're really good. And uh, we took a lot of time and effort to develop those. So there's 11, I believe, 11 different ones. So I think today we'll just go through the list of all of the different products and when you should be using what and where you can find them and any other things that we think about along the way. Great. All right. So, uh, well, let's start with the, uh, the one media that we had, the NP Active Pearls. Yes. Had those for a while. So the NP active pearls are a biodegradable carbon, and their usage is to provide a carbon source for bacteria. Studies have shown that many aquariums lack carbon in the usable form, and in order to grow bacteria, you need carbon nitrogen and phosphorus, but you need it in the right forms. And be, mostly these uh, biodegradable uh, pearls or biodegradable carbon are used in saltwater tanks to control um, nitrate and phosphate. And that's going to be another podcast that we need to talk about is the different ways to do that because I've seen it's really confusing, but we'll just talk about the media today. So with this media, what you're doing is providing two things to the bacteria. You're providing a surface for them to grow on and you're providing carbon in a form they can use. And people confuse this with denitrification because your, your goal here is to get rid of nitrate, but it's not. And that's what we'll talk about in more depth with another podcast. What you're doing here is assimilation. As the bacteria grow and consume the biodegradable carbon, they're removing nitrate and phosphate from the water and assimilating that into their cell. So you're turning carbon, nitrogen, and phosphorus into bacteria cells. Now, this is the same, kind of the same way that maybe with, uh, you know, you have a, a calerpa bed or a uh, um, uh, filter that uses algae and algae scrubber. Um, but what's nice about the bioactive pearls is that as the biomass grows larger on the pearl and the pearls are tumbling, we'll go into that in a second, the, they're knocking off the biofilm, the biomass or the flocculant of bacteria that goes into the water. And one of two things, either the 
corals in the tank, if the tank have corals, will ingest that because that's food for them and they're filtering the water or your skimmer will remove it. And so you're automatically removing the carbon, nitrogen and phosphorus by having it turn into bacteria cells, which are removed by the skimmer. And that differs from using an algae scrubber or refugia or things like that, where you, the aquarist, have to go in there. And when you use a refugia, you're using, say, um, some calerpa or other algaes to remove the nitrogen and phosphorus, but all that's assimilated into the algae cell. But now you have to go in there and trim that. A lot of people don't realize until you trim and cut your uh, algae and physically remove it from the aquarium, you have removed the nitrate and phosphate from the system. You've turned it, turned it into something different, but you got to remove it. You have to go in there and do that. Like with your ketomorph, unless you're trimming your ketomorpha, it's sitting in there. And if it were to decay, it would release that nitrate and phosphate back into the system. Nice thing about the pearls is that the, ba the bacterial biomass that it produces is removed by the skimmer in your system. Now, if you don't have a skimmer, well, you can do the same thing by using a fine filter sock. The filter sock will trap the biomaterial, the biomass, and then you're now going to have to remove that filter sock on a regular basis, you know, daily maybe, and clean it and replace it. So until that biomass, whether it's you know bacteria, keto, uh, calerpa, whatever it is, is physically removed from the system, you haven't actually removed the nitrate and phosphate from the aquarium. And I, I want to point out with these that these are made to be used with a media reactor, um, just in case anybody was curious. Uh, can you use them if you have them placed in an area where they get a lot of flow? Could you put them in a media bag and say, put them in front of like a gentle power head? Well, yes, but we're not going to take responsibility if you forget because what, <laughs> well, because what will happen? is um, the bacteria grow. And even when, with, when you're tumbling them in a reactor, we're trying to do this aerobically with oxygen. But if you just have them in a bag or in a pile, the center of that pile is gonna become anaerobic. And that can generally be okay. But if you're not paying attention, it beca can become anoxic. And when it becomes anoxic, with that, you know, no oxygen at all, it's going to start producing hydrogen sulfide. And this will happen with these. We've, we've done research on this. And that hydrogen sulfide gas, now you go in and you go, oh, my, you know, my pile of pearls is looking a little grungy. I'm going to stir it up. You just release all that hydrogen sulfide into the water. It's incredibly soluble. And now your fish are dead because they've been poisoned by the hydrogen sulfide. So yes, it'll work. No, we do not recommend it um, unless you are really on top of paying attention to the system. You know, in professional systems where you have people whose full-time job is to look after this, we can do really 
efficient denitrification. See, the pearls can go both ways because if you're doing denitrification, which is turning nitrate into nitrogen gas, you need a carbon source. And usually that's a liquid source, glucose, molasses, some type of a sugar. The pearls can do this. So you can put the pearls in an anaerobic reactor or in an anaerobic zone and the bacteria will denitrify. They'll take, they'll take the carbon from the pearl and they'll convert the nitrate into dinitrogen or nitrogen gas. But if you're not paying attention, even in professional systems, they'll, the bacteria are so efficient that when the nitrate gets too low, they don't stop working. They look and they go, oh, this is salt water. It's full of sulfate. Well, we'll do salt. We'll, we'll take that sulfate and we'll reduce that into hydrogen sulfide. And then things get uh, hairy, so to speak. And what's even more interesting, this is all the same bacteria. You know, people try to make it like it's three different species or it's this complex. No, same bacteria can operate aerobically, anaerobically, or anoxically. That's not a word. <laughs> anoxically? Maybe I just made up a word. But they can work when it's, you know, uh, an anoxic environment. It, it's the same bacteria. They just work differently depending on what the product, you know, is and then, or what the reacting is, what they can use. Can they get, you know, nitrate with oxygen or nitrate anaerobically, or if it's no oxygen at all, we'll use sulfate. Interesting. So the reaction can happen quite fast. So as I said, long answer to that, but uh, be careful. And we'll go in depth, I think, because I've a reader or somebody wrote in, why don't you talk more about pearls and denitrification and how to use them? So we can have a whole podcast on just those. I like that. I'll put, make a note of that. <laughs> so one last question on the pearls. So um, reactors and stuff should, because I feel like people will probably ask this, can you run a GFO if you've also got another reactor using the pearls? Well, my recommendation is no. It's, it's, it's what I see all the time is people are running. I've got a refugia. I've got GFO. I've got media. I'm dosing this. And, and you're doing this. You're doing everything. And, and the problem is, is none of it's going to work efficiently because they're all kind of Robin Paul to pay Peter type thing. Um, GFO is only going to remove phosphate. If you actually take your phosphate too low, the pearls aren't going to work. Why? Because the pearls, as I said in the beginning, you're trying to grow bacteria to consume the um, carbon in the pearls and to get the nitrate and phosphate out of the water. That can only happen if you have nitrate and phosphate in the water. So if you take the phosphate down too low, then your refugia is not going to work, your algae scrubber is not going to work, and your pearls are not going to work. Good to know. Uh, and if you use GFO, this presents another problem in that GFO only removes phosphate. 
it doesn't do anything for nitrate. So your nitrate starts to build and your phosphate's super low, what you're probably going to do is push the system to cyanobacteria. Which nobody wants. Nobody wants. <laughs> and, and, and why is that is because, well, now you can't grow bacteria in the water, you know, the, the waste away type bacteria, because there's no phosphate in the water. Your, your chemical media has taken out all the phosphate and you're pushing the system to a really low level. We'll talk about that because yes, we do have phosphate removing media. We we've introduced it. You know, where's that phosphate come from? We'll talk about that as we move to the other medias. Yep. Yep. It's interesting that you mentioned that like too much can be a bad thing. I think we had somebody write us write a question this morning talking about how they have cyano, but they have very, very low nutrient levels. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, well, that's why. <laughs> yep. so. Yeah. I've got a podcast. We'll have to go visual on that because I think the visual aid I've got working in my head um, makes sense because it's it's not complex, but it's going to be easier if I have a whiteboard. So that's a, make a note. That's another podcast. We got lots of ideas for podcasts. I know. I got this whole list of them. Busy. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and move on from the MP Active Pearls to some of the other medias. Now, when we released these earlier this year, so so there's 10 of them and a lot of them. So we have like the basic and then we have the plus version. So let's, I guess, let's group them together. So we'll talk about remover and then in the same kind of conversation piece, we'll talk about remover plus and when to use them and what they're for. Okay, so um, there's lots of biomedia out there. And Remover and Remover Plus are two types of biomedia, meaning um, media or medium for nitrifying bacteria and other bacteria to grow on. But the problem with some of these media is that from a commercial or advertising standpoint, they want to talk about that they have a bazillion you know, cubic inches of internal space. And that's kind of a bogus number. And the reason being is that with all these media that you're using for biological filtration, grow the nitrifiers to convert the ammonia to nitrite, nitrite to nitrate, you're growing bacteria in a biofilm. And that biofilm clogs up pores, it clogs up the openings in the media. So the way we, you measure internal surface area is you're measuring pores and things that one, the bacteria can never get into. And secondly, that internal surface area is going to be clogged up unless you are forcing the water through the media that those, a lot of those openings are going to be clogged up with biofilm and the water's never going to get in there. So that quotes, great surface area is worthless to you. A better media, like what we've got here, is got a larger pores so that they don't clog as easy. And they're what I call right, you know, good filtration of the right size openings where you can get water through. There's still space for the bacteria to grow because they want to be on a space, but they're resistant to clogging up. Doesn't mean they would never clog up and you should put some uh, coarse mechanical filtration in front of all your biomedia 
to remove big particles because you don't want it to clog up. So what we've got with remover is a larger size media that is primarily for growing nitrifying bacteria. You're not worried about removing nitrates. You've got cichlids or some, some fish or something that you're, you know you're going to do lots of water changes to, to control the nitrate levels and things like that and, and drops in pH. So you just want a nice media, good size that you can grow bacteria on. And one thing with all these medias we're talking about now, you do get a bag of the right size. You get a mesh bag with the right pore size that we recommend you use with the media in the jar. And this media, you can place it in your sump, your filter, your canister filter, anywhere where there's good flow. And as I said, it should be behind some type of a coarse mechanical filter and you'll grow the nitrifiers. Now, if you want to have a little bit more engineered system in terms of media that on the outside, you're growing nitrifiers, but on the inside, you want to do denitrification. Well, that's what the remover plus is. The plus is that the extra bonus or feature is it's going to remove nitrate. And what's happening, so it's a smaller media because we want the outside area, the pile that you have or in the bag that's in first contact with the water, that's got oxygen in it that's going to go and, and go through nitrification. Nitrification is going to remove some of that oxygen. And as the water goes in deeper into the media, that'll become anaerobic, low oxygen. And there you can do denitrification. And so you'll see your nitrates drop. And that process isn't immediate because we're relying on the bacteria to establish this anaerobic zone. So it does take, depending on your organic levels and feeding levels, it can take several weeks to a month or two before you might start seeing the nitrate remover with the remover plus. But that's the, that's the two difference. And what's nice about these medias is you can also take, them, take the bag out with the media in it, rinse it real quick, because you do want to keep things clean. Nitrifying bacteria they stick to things really well. So unless you're out there with a power washer, taking some of this uh, material and in, keep it in the bag and just really, you know, wash it up and down, just, you know, up and down in a column of w clean water to rinse it out under the tap a little bit, you're, you're fine. Any chlorine in the water is not going to kill all the bacteria. You're not soaking it in that water. You're just rinsing it to get rid of the organic material and keep the outside area clean. Now, here's another question that I hadn't thought of before. When, how often or frequently should people be replacing this? Well, technically, you should never have to replace it. This isn't like the pearls. The pearls are being consumed. This is just space the bacteria are growing on. Okay. And uh, as long as you're keeping it clean, it should be fine. And the nice thing about this is you can have this in an aquarium or in a, you know, in, feed it a little bit of ammonia drops once in a while to have for your quarantine system. And if you need to set up a tank really fast, you have established biological filter because it's in a bag, you can move it around quite easy. 
you know, from one tank to another. So you, people are, well, I'm setting up my quarantine. I'm going bare bottom. This material will not remove your medications. So you can keep it in there and, and feed ammonia drops and be ready. Should you have a sick fish or you, you get a fish and you definitely are doing your quarantine because you listened to our talk a few weeks ago and you know how to do that, right? Yep. <laughs> and if you have it, you need to go listen to it. <laughs> yeah. so, All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to carbon, right? Carbon something that almost all of us have run in our tanks at one point in time or another. So we have carbon pure and then again, carbon plus. Yep. So um, carbon is kind of uh, one of those issues that can be, uh, oh, let's say people want to argue about, um, but carbon can be beneficial to your system by removing organics. Um, and carbon activated carbon could be made from a variety of products. Um, and while it's kind of come back, but in the late nineties, yes, I've been at this for a long time, folks, late nineties were just last week. Um, coconut co carbon became very popular because coconut carbon, again, can have this huge surface area. The tests they do, the BET test, uh, shows this huge internal surface area. The problem in water is that the surface area of pores are so small, micropores, that you can't even get in there. Coconut carbon is used for gas filtration, for filtering air, not for water. But it sounds great because it has all this internal surface area that's pretty much worthless in water. Um, I've been testing carbon since 1990, my fir first days at Marineland, and published some articles on this. Bituminous coal-based carbons really are the best. They have the right pore size, uh, so you can remove a lot of material. Uh, they can be phosphate-free, and that's what we use is a bituminous coal. And with the carbon pure, you're getting 100% activated carbon made from bituminous coal. It works really well. Rinse it a little bit, put it in the bag, and it is granular, not pelletized. That's the other thing. People want to think that these pelletized carbons are better because they're quote engineered. They're not. The, the granular carbons actually have more surface area that's utilizable um, than the pelletized carbons. So stick with a, a granular activated carbon. Uh, some people say, well, only use it for a while. That's fine. If, if you are only going to use your carbon for a few days, you don't want to run it 24 hours. Once you remove it, rinse the bag really well and let the carbon dry out. You don't have to throw it away. Carbon can last a long time. And how do you tell when your carbon's expired? Well, again, your camera, your phone's going to be your friend here. Take a picture of your tank down through, I've said this before, take a glass of water, put it on a white surface and take a picture looking down through that glass. Then put your carbon in and after a few days, repeat. And you'll probably see that your water is a lot clearer because you can, that white piece of paper is much whiter. And do that over time, maybe once a week. Um, and that will give you an idea because eventually the water will go back to, you'll start seeing that yellow tinge to it 
and that tells you that your activated carbon is no longer working. We really can't tell you it's going to work a day, a week, a month, because what other carbon removing devices do you have, like skimmers, and then some people don't feed as much. If you've got a reef tank that you're not feeding a lot to, your carbon is going to last a lot longer than someone that's got a fish only tank and is feeding tons of food every day. So that's why we can't give you a hard and fast rule on how long the carbon lasts. Makes sense. Now the carbon plus, what we do there is we combine the carbon with our FOSS eliminator, which is um, aluminum oxide, which is a, a media that removes phosphate from your water. So you're trying to uh, keep your phosphate low, you're feeding a lot, you've got a lot of organic inputs, meaning you're feeding a lot. Um, so you want to keep the water clear, let you know, reduce the yellowing and keep the phosphate levels down, you'd want to use the carbon plus. Good to know. And both these products are good for fresh water or salt water. Um, they used to be this, you know, if it fizzes when you put it in water, that's a sign of a good carbon. Well, it's a sign of a dry carbon, um, <laughs> which is good because if you're buying a pound of carbon, you want to buy a pound of carbon, not uh, as some manufacturers are. It's a half a pound of carbon and a half a pound of water because carbon will absorb its weight in water. And uh, that's how some people get, you know, sell that is, well, you're getting a pound, but it's wet because that keeps the dust down and blah, 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 blah. No, it just adds weight to it. So <laughs> our carbon's dry. Something to keep in mind. Yeah. So, all right. All right. So let's move on to FOSS Eliminator and the Eliminator Plus. Yeah. Now let, uh, let me, if you're trying to build a filtration system, okay, so I would have a coarse mechanical filter first, then I would have activated carbon, then I would go with your biological filter after your carbon. All right. So FOSS Eliminator, FOSS Eliminator Plus. Um, so these are two products, as the name implies, to eliminate phosphate from your system. They work fine in fresh water and salt water. As a bonus, you'll get silicates removed too. Um, so the phosphate eliminator is 100% aluminum oxide, or for you English, aluminum oxide. Um, and uh, it will exhaust. And the easy way to tell that is that your phosphate levels start to go up. Um, you can rinse, you should rinse it. You should rinse all these medias in fresh water before you use them, even if you're going to use them in a salt water. Uh, it comes with a fine mesh bag. And what you can do um, with the fine mesh bags, that's a surface that it's going to accumulate some organic, you know, some biofilm on it. You can take that out once in a while and rinse it underwater try to clean it, you know, all this stuff's going to be come clogged up a little, it's just natural. You can clean it and the material will still be good. Um, the FOSS Eliminator Plus, what that is, is you're, we've combined aluminum oxide with GFO, granular ferric oxide. And it's 50-50 uh, by weight. 
and it'll really will remove a lot of phosphate. Now, I am not an advocate of zero phosphate. Zero phosphate is going to cause you problems. Um, initially, probably cyano. And then if you're maniacal and trying to get zero phosphate and zero nitrate, well, then you're going to get dinoflagellates and you've been warned. So yes. phosphate levels, I think they should be around 0.05 um, and nitrate around 10. That seems to be, uh, we, we, we speak and get emails from a lot of hobbyists. It's literally hundreds, if not thousands over, but definitely thousands over the years. And those levels seem to be an area where people don't have problems. Of course, there's exceptions, but if you're not, you know, married to your tank, you have a nice aquarium and you just don't want to be there 24 hours a day, keep your phosphate around 0.05, your nitrate around 10, and you're going to solve many problems that other people seem to have all the time. Yes, absolutely. So, so why have these media? Well, the reality is you're, you're doing a reef tank, but you just want a little bit too many fish. I had this conversation, you know, what's a balanced tank? And a balanced tank is really depending upon what you're trying to achieve. But, but if you're trying to reduce the amount of external devices, you don't want to use a lot of media. You don't want a big skimmer you want to go quote more natural. Well, you've only got 50 gallons, a hundred gallons, a thousand gallons. It's not that much water when you start looking at what your inputs are. So a, a, a balanced tank is a tank that can maintain stable nutrient levels such that your corals do well, or your freshwater plants do well, but you don't get algae, you don't get these nuisance organisms. These nuisance organisms appear because you're out of balance. Doesn't mean you got high nitrate or high phosphate. High nitrate or high phosphate in the marine aquarium never grew dinos. It's the low nitrate and low phosphate or zero phosphate, zero nitrate that grows dinos. So it can go both ways. So you gotta be in the middle there. And that's when your balance between the inputs of organics, you know, pollution, nitrate, phosphate, carbon are being removed at the right amount by the organisms that are in the tank. Yeah. I feel like it's always such a, like a balancing act, trying to get everything just right. And every tank is a little bit different. So something that might work on my tank might not work on your tank. Exactly. And there's, there's no magic formula other than to go slow and realize that most aquariums it takes a good six months. Yeah. Um, it, it, it takes time because you, to get everything growing and then, and then stop futzing with it. You know, a tank that's always being disturbed by you, the tank master, is just never going to achieve balance. So, you know, stop trying the newest, greatest thing, the shiniest bottle. Just think about it from an ecological standpoint. You've got a limited amount of inputs. If you keep on adding fish, you keep on adding food, your tank's not going to become balanced. You just can't grow enough of the material that can consume um, the, the the nutrients that you're putting in the system. And I don't, I called it pollution, but it's not really pollution. It's nutrients, carbon, 
nitrogen, phosphorus are nutrients for some type of organism, be it your corals, the encrusting corals, uh, bacteria, algae. And the idea is to have a balance so that the good ones that we want grow and can consume that. So the nutrients are controlled. So you don't get the nuisance guys like the cyano and green hair algae and the uh, dinoflagellates. Yep. I'm working on the balancing act. I've got 180 gallon and it's, oh, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like redoing your house. There, there's a period of time where the tank can just really, really, really look bad, but don't give up. Uh, you know, and once it gets into it, it's, it's like Nirvana, you know, the tanks, just water looks great. The fish, the coral, everything looks good. And you're doing minimal amounts. And that's when, you know, um, you've reached it and that's Sweet. the time to enjoy. And, uh, you know, people come up to me and they'll show me pictures. They have these gorgeous tanks and they're like, what's wrong? Nothing. And I go, what should I buy? And it's like nothing. You've reached it. Just relax. Sit there with a glass of wine. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. If you, if the tank is as gorgeous as this and everything is working, don't mess with it. You know, yep. just, just relax. But it's hard for people to do that. Oh no, I, I've got a friend, um, Matthew, from my first fish tank, and he was like, I guess he, he learned somewhere that he was supposed to have these specific parameters and he didn't, and he was trying everything he could possibly think of to get it to work. And he completely like missed the fact that the tank was perfect. Everything in the tank was doing well, but you know, he was worried about finding that one thing that he thought he didn't have that, you know, yeah. maybe not every tank needs. See it all the time. Hear about it all the time. Your, your, your eyes, your, if the tank is looking good, stop. We've talked about it. Stop chasing the numbers. Stop going on the internet. Oh, you got to do this. You got to have that. You don't. The tank is telling you and you'll, you'll know it. You, you, you've put it up and you'll see it. The tank just clicks and, and everything is shiny and bright and right there. And you're like, just enjoy. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Jason, the numbers. Yeah. All right. Goes back on track. Yeah. So, and I'm sorry, but it seems like the Harley dealership next door is really using the parking lot today for test drives. If you can hear all the Harley noise in the background. I can't. No. Well, then don't worry We're... about that. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> all okay. right. Next up is equalizer. Oh, you forgot purifier. Yeah. Oh, I'm saving that for last. Okay, no problem. (laughs) Uh, Equalizer. Now, equalizer is, okay, you don't want to use carbon. You still want to control some organics. Um, Equalizer is a material that will remove organics like carbon, but on a very more sedate level. Okay. and it's, it's maybe, you know, there's certain organisms, maybe some shrimp that people have said, well, they don't want to use carbon on or, or things like that. Um, it's as great to be using in plant tanks and soft water tanks and things like that. So it's an organic remover that's basically a carbon alternative. And it will last, depending, again, uh, but it should last four to six weeks uh, or lo- can, can last longer. Again, it's all dependent on your inputs into the system. 
All right. Now here, so say you're at the end of, you know, six weeks, five weeks, whatever, um, you want to replace it. You can just dump it out of the bag and then fill more depending on the tank size you have. Yep. Yep. Perfect. I don't often run media in my tanks, but when I do, I love those bags. I feel like I go through more bags than I do anything. Yep. And we have the bags for sale separately. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. They're, they're on the website. You can buy a single pack or a two pack and they're 300 uh, micron opening or 1000 micron opening. Right. I'll have to keep an eye out on social media. I'll have to post a picture of the media bags. If you need some extra, if you like me and you, you know, tear them all the time. Yeah. And our, our media bags, another tangent, um, they have a hundred percent plastic zipper instead of a, a, a tie, because if you use the zipper, you can use the entire bag and you can fill it up and zipper it closed. Where if you have a tie, well, you, you only get to use about half the bag because you got to bunch up the top and wrap the string around it and tie. So you never get to use, you know, tie a knot. So you never get to use the entire bag. And I it also, that. if you put it in with the plastic, with the plastic zipper, of course, it's, inert to any of the salt water or anything like that, but you can have it in a vertical position quite nice in a hang on the back filter after the car, after the filter pad. Mm -hmm. So you can get the whole thing to work really well. You were using all the media instead of having, remember the water's only, the water's going to take the path of least resistance. So if you have a bag that's got the media at the bottom and there's nothing at the top, where's the water going to go? it's going to go at the top, not through yeah. the media. Yeah. So yeah, even our bags, we thought about a little bit. I like it. I think everything, like the amount of thought that goes into all of our products is, you know, I've come in after they've been developed. So I'm just, wow, it's really impressive. <laughs> well, we're getting some new stuff. You're going to be part of the development team because we do test it. Uh, yes. I like that. Now, kind of on a similar tangent to putting the media in the bags, obviously you want the water to flow through it. Um, so to use say like brown sugar in cooking as an example. So if you just pour brown sugar into a measuring cup, you're going to get a cup full of brown sugar, but you can compact it and kind of smash it down. I'm guessing that you're going to recommend just pour it in versus compacting it. Yeah. You don't want to compact it um, because what are we trying to do here? We're, we're trying to get the water fl to flow through all the media, to be able to utilize all the media. And we're not using, uh, you know, we're not shoving the water through the media. We're basically pulling it through the media. So, and so think about, you know, are you in front of the media pushing the water? No, we're behind the media pulling the water. And so the water is going to take the path of least resistance. Now, now, a canister filter, of course, is different in terms of you're trying to force the water through it. But nowadays, many canister filters have bypasses. Um, so they keep on running. So you, you, you don't want to compact the media because you're just going to be wasting your money because the water is not going to flow through all the media that's in the bag. To know. 
I lost track. Where am I at? <laughs> uh, we got we got Zeo Pure and go. Purifier and Purifier Plus. There we go. All right, let's go Zeo Pure. We just posted this on social media yesterday. Yeah. So now Zeo Pure is 100% uh, zeolite. It's clinoptolite. It's uh, and I just had this conversation too, and somebody said, "Well, all the clinoptolites are alike." They're not. They're a mined product, and then they're they can be cleaned and um, screened, so you get less dust and you get a very uniform size. But because they are a natural mined product, there are some areas that the the clino has more ability to remove ammonia and other things like heavy metals. And we use a source that I've found that works better than any of them out there that we have in the United States. So this is a U.S.-based product. All our products are yeah. made in the U.S. Um, and uh, this product is, uh, I've found, just has a, a higher ability to remove ammonia. Right. So if you've got ammonia issues. Right. And it's a good surface area because, uh, you know, people use uh, zeolite in a uh, saltwater aquarium where maybe because of the high amount of sodium, it's not going to work to remove ammonia because that's how you recharge these. You can recharge these by running it doesn't have to be salt water. It can just be a high sodium chloride solution through this because you're doing an ion exchange. But what does happen in salt water is this zeolite is positive charged and nitrifying bacteria like positive charged medias. So it's a really nice media to grow nitrifiers on. Um, it's got to be cleaned once in a while because you're going to get that biofilm. But don't, don't be afraid. I mean, that was... One of the first things I ever developed when I joined the aquarium industry as the head of research at Marineland was the bio wheel. And the bio wheel is basically a rotating biological contactor. And what's neat about those is you're providing this surface for nitrifying bacteria, but as the wheel rotates, it's sloughing off naturally the biofilm because I think I have a couple of this slide in a couple of my talks nitrification is happening over a 10 to 20 micron zone. Nitrification isn't happening over inches. It's very thin films of bacteria. The nitrifiers stick to things very well. So you want to keep it clean. You know, not out there, like I said, with a toothbrush or a, uh, you know, a sandblaster or, you know, something like that, but just gently turning or rinsing, keeping the organics down or eliminating organics, keeping the media clean, you're going to have much more efficient nitrification. And that's the same with this zeolite is that you, you want to put this in behind good mechanical filtration. So it doesn't become clogged up um, with organics because then the water bypasses it and the media doesn't get a chance to work. I've got like all of these ideas for posts and stuff. What, what filtration <laughs> should look like? Yes. Yeah. Do a little, fun little now, diagram. Yeah. And, and um, now where would we put these? Cause it's, there is my opinion, you know, mechanical filtration first, then activated carbon, then biofiltration, then put your phos eliminators 
or these last medias that we've been talking about. Why? Because nitrifying bacteria need phosphate. So don't put the phosphate removers in front of your biofilter. Put it after. Let the nitrifiers have the first crack at any phosphate in the system, and then put your phosphate eliminators after your biological filter. Yes. Last two are Purifier and Purifier Plus. Ooh. Now this is, uh, Purifier is 100% synthetic filter resin that's designed to remove dissolved organics through ion exchange. So it's basically a real water polisher. You want that water to be crystal clear, just shiny. Purifier's the way to go. It will remove those dissolved organics that cause yellowing and just uh, smells, things like that. Um, it's, I mean, activated carbon does that, but activated carbon does some other things. But this, this it is really just a man-made engineering substance that, um, one, it might look like it's, it's expensive and it, is, it isn't cheap compared to carbon, but a little bit goes a long ways. And this material will darken. It's, it's this, not the same um, material that's in uh, ion exchange resins like your RO unit, or not RO, in your DI unit that want to uh, remove calcium and magnesium. This is removing organics. But as it's, wear, as it's um, wearing out, it, the resin will become darker and that tells you that it's worn out, but you can regenerate it if you want. It's not that complex, but you are using a couple of chemicals and you want to follow the directions, which you can find on our website, but you can recharge it a few times before you throw it away. That's good to know. The Purifier Plus is the resin and our activated carbon mixed together. So now you're really removing organics and you're what you you'll see the, the water just so polished and clear. Um, you know, it'll, it's be amazing how, how well these two work to really make your water crystal clear. Oh yeah. I've, I've been debating if I want to put a bag of that in my reef tank. Yeah. Well, why, why would you do that? And, and basically, your skimmer doesn't remove everything. Nothing works 100%. You know, just you've got to use devices. So with these, I would use them once in a while to really clean up that water and to really, you know, get rid of that last bit of, or, or, of dissolved organic material. I don't know that I'd use them 24-7. It just depends on if you're feeding a lot, Again, if you're feeding a lot, then you're going to have to use these 24-7 because you don't want your organic levels to get too high because if your dissolved organics get too high, you'll start growing cyanobacteria. You'll start growing, you know, your water's, to a certain degree, now your water's polluted as your organics move up. Because think about what we're doing. Removing nitrates, okay, removing phosphates. Your skimmer can remove some organics, but it doesn't do them all. And the thing about skimmers that I, you know, the, the downside is they're removing the beneficial bacteria from the water. So how can you compensate? Because maybe your 
well, hopefully you're not over skimming and maybe even turning the skimmer off for a couple hours at night, that's a good place to use the purifier or the purifier plus to get those organic levels down. Yes. That's what I would recommend. I like that. All right. So that's a quick introduction. Hillary will do some more post and things and uh, get some more information. Oh, yeah. Always. Yep. And if you're looking for where to buy this, um, you might be able to find it at some stores, but most reliable, we are going to recommend that you go to our website and purchase it. If you are on social media, particularly Instagram, the shop feature, you can click on any of the posts where we have tagged any of our products and it'll take you directly to that page on our website. So it takes out any searching for you just click and go. Yeah, we're getting it out there, but do with COVID and other things, it's, it's a slow, but you can go to our website indefinitely. And mention the podcast while buying the media and we'll throw in a surprise. How's that, Hillary? I like that. <laughs> We've got a few things in the swag bucket that we can throw to people. Oh, so, yeah, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> cool. All right, well, everyone. Before we go, though, I'm going to tell everybody, if you're listening to this before the show this weekend, we will be at Aquashella Orlando. So uh, stop by and say hi. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe go check out our awesome tank. And if a fun song comes to mind when you see the tank, go ahead and sing that. <laughs> Not going to go there, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we didn't have that song queued up. We could have added it right here. But I know. Mm -hmm. All right. Do, 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 baby shark. <laughs> All right. Enough of the silliness. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions, as always, reach out on social media or send us an email. We are happy to talk to you and answer your questions. Yeah, we're doing another question and answer in a couple of um, weeks. We'll try to publicize. Maybe we'll do a we'll, we'll do another live one at some point and get some interest in there. That was fun for the beginning one. So. That was pretty cool. Yeah. All right, Hillary. So thanks again. And everyone, this is Dr. Tim and Hillary with signing off on another podcast. And please contact us if you have any questions. We love uh, talking and responding and listening to people. Thanks, everyone.